It is because of grace that God has given us forgiveness. Because of grace that God has accepted us into his family as a people and the children of God. Because of grace that we've been forgiven. And we have the right to know that all of our sin and all of our past has been forgotten by God. Never to be remembered again. Never to be brought up again. And anytime someone brings up to you your past sin that has been forgiven in Christ Jesus, you need to understand that Satan has no authority to do that in your life. And you simply need to tell him, be quiet. You can't accuse me of anything for Jesus Christ has cleansed me, has saved me, and bought me by his blood. And I belong to him, have been forgiven, and everything he's forgiven, he's forgotten. You know, grace is such an amazing thing when we look at it and when we understand it. I want to share a story with you this morning. It was written by uh, Walter Wangren. He, was a, he writes it in first person. And in order for me to share it with you the way that it sounds right and works best, I need to tell it to you in the first person. And so you'll understand this is not my story. I didn't write this story. But I want you to hear it because it's such a powerful story as we think together about because of grace. And that's the whole theme of what I want to share with you this morning. I woke up one morning, early Friday morning, and as I did so, the sun wasn't quite up yet, but I noticed in the alleyways of the city in which I lived, there was this strong, very well-built young man who was going through the alleyway, and he was pulling an old cart, and it was filled with all kinds of clothes and cloths and things like that, and as he was going through the alleys, he was crying out, I take your old rags, new rags for old, new rags for old, I'll take all your old and dirty rags, and he took... Those he was going along, and I thought, this was peculiar. What was this man who so young and strong-looking, intelligent-looking eyes? and, and what was, Didn't he not have nothing better to do than to go through the alleys of the city and, and deal with rags as he was looking? And it got my curiosity, and so I decided that I would follow and see what was going on. And I followed along as he continued down the alleyway. It wasn't long before he came across a woman who was sitting on her back steps. She was weeping and wailing and just moaning. Her whole body was shaking as she was crying. She had a handkerchief up to her face and she was just sobbing and, and weeping as she was coming. And he paused as he saw her there. And as he went to her, he, he stepped over to her and he said, May I take your old rag from you and give you a new one? And he gently slipped the old snotty wet rag from her hands and placed in her hand a brand new white shiny rag and got a handkerchief and gave it to her and and as he did that, he walked away. And I noticed that as he did, he suddenly he took that old snotty rag that she had and he put it up against his own face. And as he did, he began to weep. He began to wail and to sob. And he was shaking even as she had been shaking. And she sat there now, no tears in her eyes, nothing wrong with her at all. And he kept going, and I, I followed along as, as a little child involved in some kind of mystery and not ready to let go and not, and not see what was going on. And so I followed him along, and as we went down the alleyways, they came across a little girl. She was sitting on the porch, and she had a bandage wrapped around her head and some blood dripping down the side of her face. And he stepped over as he pulled out a little yellow bonnet out of his, wag, his, his cart that he was pulling, and, and he walked over to her, and he said to her, May I take your rag in exchange for this? And... He gently unwrapped the rag from her head and placed the yellow bonnet on her. And as he did, he took the rag and wrapped it around his own head. And with the rag came the wound. And suddenly I noticed that there was blood dripping down the side of his face. Bright, red, his blood. He pulled his cart, 
kept going rags, new rags for old, new rags for old, as he was going weeping and sobbing and crying as he called along with blood coming down the side of his face. And as we went along and I followed after him, he seemed to be getting a little more in a hurry and a little more intense about what he was doing. And he came across a man who was standing against the pole. And he said, sir, are you going to work today? And the man said, no. And he said, do you not have a job? And, and angrily and bitterly, the man stepped away from the pole and one arm of his coat was empty and tucked into his pocket. He didn't have an arm. And the ragman said, give me your coat and I'll give you mine. And with that quiet authority, the man didn't hesitate, but he removed his jacket. And the ragman removed his jacket, but as he did so, his arm came from with his jacket in. And when he put it upon this man, he had two strong, good arms. And now the ragman only had one. He was going down the alleyway and he's crying, rags, rags, new rags for old rags. And he kept calling out this as he was going, crying and weeping and bitterly. He was bleeding from the side and now with only one arm pulling the cart. And finally he came upon an old man lying in the drunk, on, just a drunk lying there, an old, wizened, sick old man covered in an old, stinky army blanket. And he gently lifted the blanket and wrapped it around himself as he laid across that man a brand new suit of clothes. Now he was going, this old, old rag man, this old, sick rag man, weeping and wailing and crying and sobbing, blood coming down his face, one arm as he was going, stumbling and falling, drunken as he kept falling as he's going, but he's going faster and faster as he made it through the city, one mile and to the edge. And he finally came to the edge of the city, and as he came to the edge of the city, he paused for a moment, and then he went on even faster. And he came to the city dump. And there upon the dump, he, he began to go, and oh, I wanted, I wanted to help him. I wanted to do something because I had come to, to just respect and love him, and I wanted to know more about what was going on and understand what was happening, but I held back. I, I didn't go, and he, he went to the top of that dump heap, that, that old garbage hunt that was there, and he, he laid down the handkerchief and the jacket that he was wearing, and he laid down on the pile of rubbish and covered himself with that old blanket. And he died. He died. I had come to love that man. I wanted, I wanted to know him. I wanted to know more about who he was and what was going on as what was happening. I, I didn't know what to do. And I began to wail and to moan and to cry myself as I found myself sheltered in some old rubbish of a, a junk heap that was there. and Just there and I cried and cried and I, fell, I, fell, I cried myself to sleep. How could I know that a day not passed, that, and then a Saturday, and, and, and the night of Saturday, and, and then suddenly I was awakened on Sunday morning with a, a shocking, bright, brilliant light that shone as it came to about what was going on, and I couldn't hardly see as I woke up with this brilliant light in my face, and I glanced up the first thing that I did to the hill, and there was the ragman, young and healthy, a scar on his head, but all the clothes in his cart clean and pure and new and the things that were there and I knew I knew I needed what he had to offer and I made my way up that hill and there before him I told him who I was and that I wasn't worthy to be in his presence but I took off all my old clothes and I said sir would you dress me he did he did the rag man the Christ dressed me. So that's what the scripture is talking about, grace. 
It is because of grace that you and I have been stripped of all the rags of our sinfulness. It is because of grace that you and I have experienced the wonder of God's love and all that He is and all that He has. He did that for us. And I want to remind you of a scripture found in that passage that we read last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And as we look at it, I'm just going to mention 18, 19, and 20 this morning because of what I want to grasp a hold of this. But, but do, not under, do not lose the understanding that our Christ came to this earth and He took off His clothes of righteousness and He climbed upon a cross naked in order that you and I might be clothed in the righteousness of the Lord God for all time and all eternity. Because He loves you and He loves me and He longs for us to know that. Stand with me as we listen in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 and 19 and 20. And the scripture says, Now all these things, talking about all the things that have gone before that, are from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and He, was com he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we think about these words and all that is here and the things that are for us to understand in this passage of Scripture, there's so much here, so much treasure, so many great truths, so many things that we could dwell here for hours upon hours and just soak in the wonder of what it means to be reconciled to the God of the universe, to be made right with the Creator of all that is. Father, we thank You that You are in Christ reconciling us to Yourself. But what does that mean for us? Father, I pray You'd speak to our hearts this morning, especially to my heart, and that You would help us to understand what it means now that we have seen and understood what it is that You've done for us in Christ Jesus. How does that apply to us? What, what does it mean? How is it to affect what we do and who we are? May we hear clearly this morning in our hearts by Your Spirit teaching us in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. As you and I think about this passage of Scripture and what it has to say to us, it, it reminds us of some things that we need to know and recognize. Because of grace, as I've already mentioned, we have our sins forgiven. Because of grace, we've been dressed in the righteousness of God. And that was in verse 21 we talked about last week when it talked about God made Him to be sin who knew no sin in order that we who are nothing but sin might be clothed in the righteousness of God because of what He did for us and the things that are going on and being part of it. But because of that, the Bible says that because of grace that we have the ministry of reconciliation. You and I have the ministry of reconciliation if we are children of the living God. If we have trusted Christ, if we have believed in Him as Lord and Savior of our life, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That raises ministry to a higher level than anything you and I might ever think about and dream about as we think and look and understand that. The word really comes from a word that means charter. It's the idea of, of a, a, a higher government or a higher power giving someone under them the authority to carry out the business of that company or the business of what was going on as we would look at it. And so what it's saying to us is that God, the creator of the universe, has empowered you, has empowered me, has given us the right, the privilege to represent Him in all things in this world by His authority. We have the right to be the very ministers 
of reconciliation, to do that ministry, to have the authority to do that. What right do I have to tell someone that God loves them? What right do I have to tell someone that God wants to be reconciled to them and have a relationship for all eternity? I have the right of God Himself who has given to me that ministry of reconciliation. Every born-again true child of the living God is a minister of reconciliation. Not just the preachers, not just the deacons, not just the elders, not just the people that we put in high places, but every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ has been personally given the ministry of reconciliation. We are to be people who carry that ministry into the world around us and make a difference in the lives of people around us. But not only have we been given the ministry of reconciliation, we have been given the word of reconciliation. Now that, that's a word, that means that we have the message that God wants people to hear. That means that we have what they need to hear. Some may not want to hear it. Some may not believe it when they hear it, but they need to hear it whether they accept it or not. The ministry of the word of reconciliation is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that you, that I, that all the people that you and I know might have everlasting life, never fearing perishing, but rather living forever in the company of the Lord Jesus Christ and the freedom of there. The, minute, the word of reconciliation is that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but that all should come to everlasting life. The word of reconciliation is that God gave himself, that we might not have to pay the penalty, but he paid that penalty for us. The ministry of reconciliation is that God has come to us. The word is that we're to tell people. God's come to you, to seek you, to have a relationship with you, to know you and all the things that are there as we look and see. See, what he said was that we are to go as though we are pleading in behalf of God himself. See, God in you, the Holy Spirit dwells in you if you're a born-again believer. And that Holy Spirit, God himself dwelling in you is, to go, is going about using your body and my body, your mouth and my mouth as a means by which he's telling everyone that he encounters that we, through us that they have an opportunity to be forgiven, that they have an opportunity to know and experience personally the love of God, that they have an opportunity to be called the very children of God themselves because of what Christ did. See, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And he gives us the ministry of that reconciliation and gives us the word of that, of that reconciliation so that we can tell people what's going on, what it's all about, that God wants them to know. He demonstrated his love to you and to me and to the whole world and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gave himself for us, even when we weren't interested, even when we didn't care. He died for us. That's the word that you and I have to share with the lost world around us, the people desperately in need of the things that are going on and being a part of it. We have been given a message to share. And folks, we need to be sharing it. We need to be looking around us and understand. We need to think about what about the houses around this building? Is everybody around this church house being told about Jesus Christ? What about this community? Does every person in this community know the story of Jesus Christ? Say, of course, we're a Christian community. We've had churches for years and years. Everybody's gone. We've knocked on every door in town. We've done this and we've done it. Surely everybody's heard the gospel. I can tell you right now, not everybody in Quanah has heard the gospel. They may have heard some religious stories. They may have heard some things. But very, there are a lot of people here that don't know the gospel. The gospel is the good news of God found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ only. It's the message that needs to be told. It's the message that needs to be proclaimed in all that's going on. Because of grace, we have a ministry to perform. You and I, all of us together, have a ministry that we're supposed to be doing. 
Because of grace, you and I have a message to share with people. To tell them that God so loved them, he gave himself for them in Christ Jesus. And the things that are going on, because of grace, you and I have been given a title. See, the Bible says in these verses that I read that you and I are ambassadors for Christ. Now, that's not a job description. It's not a, do- it's not a title of a job. It's who we are. See, the little word there is what we need to catch. You are. That's, an act, that's a verb of being. That's a, that's a verb that, that means not talking describing the things that I might do, but describing what I am. I am an ambassador for Christ. I don't do the work of an ambassador appointed by a president, go to a country, serve for a little while, and come home and I'm finished. No, I am. Day in, day out, all the days of my life, for as long as I have breath upon this earth, I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And you, if you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture says. You are ambassadors for Christ. And as ambassadors, we represent our king. Everywhere we go and everything that we do is a representation of our king. We can't just say, well, you know, as long as I act good when I'm in church, I'm okay. No, it's every day, all the time, wherever we are, with whomever we may be. We are ambassadors for Christ. We represent our king to the world around us. We represent our king to our family. We represent our king to those we work with, to those we go to school with. We represent our king to those that we meet casually up in the, in the stores and the places that we go, wherever we are and whatever we do. We represent our king. And we may need to ask ourselves, what kind of representative have I been in the places that I go and the people that see and address me? They see and they know I go to church, but during the week they see me over here doing this, speaking in ways that I shouldn't speak, doing things I shouldn't be doing, treating people ways I shouldn't be treating them, doing all kinds of things that is a very poor representation of what it means to be a child of the living God. We're ambassadors, folks. We are the very people that God has entrusted with his most important work in all the world, and that's salvation. God performed that act of salvation in Jesus Christ upon the cross. And he's given you and he's given me the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the word of reconciliation. And he's given us an understanding of who we are in him. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We are his representatives in the world in which you and I live. And the things that are going on, we need to understand and be a part of this. We need to take seriously who we are. See, Jesus didn't come and die on the cross so you and I could just pat ourselves on the back and feel good. He came and died on the cross first and foremost to save you and to save me, to bring us into a relationship with God, to bring us to reconcile us with God so that we could be right in relationship with him for all time. But having brought that relationship together again, having restored that lost relationship that we lost because of our sin, God restoring it through Jesus Christ has now entrusted us. To be trusted by God, to be given the, the word of God and entrusted with that kind of a ministry and that kind of a message and that kind of an opportunity is the highest calling in all the world. There is no president, there is no king, there is no governor, there is no person in all of this earth that is anywhere near as important and as invaluable, as meaningful to the world and its needs as you are. You are an ambassador 
For the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you have the message that makes a difference for all eternity. You're not just going to fix a problem for a moment for someone else to come along and change it and make it a bigger problem. You have the answer that changes a person's life for all of eternity. You are an ambassador of the living King who can change hearts and lives, can mend homes and families. The God of God who can bring salvation where there's no hope at all. The God who can change and build new dreams and new hopes and new ideas in the lives of every people the God who can make every single person know I matter I have worth I have value God created me for the plan and a purpose in my life and I can make a difference in the world in which I live because I have been reconciled to God and he has given me the ministry of reconciliation he's given me the word of reconciliation and he's given me a title I'm an ambassador I am a person in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ day in and day out because of grace because of grace See, there's not any of us that deserve that. There's none of us that deserve to be saved. There's none of us that have a right to be right with God. There's none of us that have the right to carry his word into the world. There's none of us that have the right to go to another person and say, you need to be reconciled to God. I'm a sinner. What right do I have to tell you? You need to get right with God. Well, the right that I have to tell you that you need to get right with God is that God made me right with him. And gave me a task. Said, because I've done, I've done for you what I have done. Now tell somebody else about it. Give them the chance to experience what you've experienced. To know what you know. To feel what you feel in the kingdom of God. Because of grace. One long day ago. God died upon a cross for my sin. Forgave me of all my sin and forgot it. I can't wait till that day that I don't remember all the things that God's forgotten. Because Satan still likes to bring them up in my mind, how bad I am, all the wrong things I've done, all the things that I'm not doing that I ought to be doing. Keeps liking to bring those things up, but God forgave me of those things. And he forgot them. The Bible says he buried them in the sea. Moved, removed him as far as the east as the west to remember no more. And when he comes, the Bible says in Romans 8, for those of you who come in on Sunday nights, I get a little ahead of myself here, but for those on Romans 8, he says, who can bring a, a charge against you? Who can accuse you? Because Jesus is the one who justifies you. Jesus is the one who makes you right. So who can stand against what he's done? No one. We have been reconciled, folks. We have been made right with God. And because we have, he has entrusted us with the privilege to tell everyone we encounter that God has room for them. There's room in the family for everyone who will come. No one will be denied. All are welcome. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we think together about your great love and the great act of reconciliation that you gave us in Jesus Christ, we say thank you. I say thank you that you have loved me and given me that. Father, I, I thank you for that story of the ragman. It touches my heart every time I think about it and look at it and realize that Jesus gave up everything, even to the point of death that I might have life. 
life abundantly. And then, wonder of wonders, he entrusted me to tell the story of redemption, the story of grace, of love, of mercy, so that everyone could know that there are no exceptions. God loves each and every one. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one. And God wants everyone to come into his family by faith in Jesus Christ, to be his child forever, to be made right. Father, I don't know the hearts of all the people here, or those who may be viewing, but you do. You know those who have maybe been faithful to church but have never had a relationship with you genuinely, personally. They've just maybe raised in the church and just always assumed everything was okay because they went to church. But God, we know, according to your word, that each person, one by one, individually, has to determine in their own life and make that decision to acknowledge I'm a sinner. And I can't save myself, but thanks be to God, he came in Christ Jesus and he died for my sin. And he made it possible through the resurrection in the power of forgiveness that that explains to us that I could be saved, I could be forgiven, I could be renewed, I could be brought into the family of God if I would just accept that with my faith in my own life. So Father, I pray this morning if there's anyone here, anyone listening in that doesn't truly know that they have a personal experience with Jesus Christ, that you would help them to grab a hold of that. And quit making excuses and putting it off and just say, I need to be saved. I need to be made right with God. I'm not talking about church membership, religion, anything else. I'm talking about a personal relationship with you through Christ Jesus. But Father, for most of us here, having made those decisions in our lives, what we need to hear this morning is the responsibility, the privilege, the gift that we've been given to be ministers of reconciliation to carry the message, to be your ambassador as we, you have declared that we are. There's folks that we know, that we encounter every single day that need to be told. Are we telling them? Are we giving them a chance to be reconciled with God? Are we giving them a hope? Are we just watching them pass silently into the eternity of judgment because we didn't care enough to share the message that you gave us, to be the ambassador that we are? Father, bring conviction into our hearts as believers and put the lost people and the people hopeless and the people looking and searching for answers, put them on our hearts as a burden that will not let us go until we tell the story the way we're supposed to tell the story. So we come to this moment of invitation. It's yours, God. It's yours to do with as you wish. My prayer is, and I know your heart is, that There'd be none that would leave this place without you as Lord and Savior. There'd be none that would leave this place without a new commitment of their life. To say, I want to be all that you've called me to be. I want to be that ambassador. I want to take the message you've given me and share it. I, I want people to know they can be reconciled to God. We all do it in different ways. We don't all have the same abilities, but God, all of us are your ambassadors. May we take it seriously. May we live it the way you've called us to in Christ's name. Amen.